How was your Gatorade? I drank it. Oh, you just chugged it? Yes. Oh, great. So, the little box that I showed you were like three bucks at Walmart. Mm -hmm. And it makes um, five big-ass things of Gatorade. Because mm -hmm. technically, each one of the Gatorades is two pints. Yeah. For three bucks. Great. Versus three-something a piece. So. Love that. Yeah. I, I do like my Gatorade. So. Okay, great. We can jump in. Yeah, it's already recording. Oh, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Hey guys, welcome back to Beer Buddies. Uh, we have a sour episode because Chris and I have a uh, a craft beer topic that has been on our minds more and more and more mm. in the last couple months, and probably more so than it has been uh, probably ever in our beer journey. I think this is we're at a crossroads, and we're going to kind of talk about it. So we also have some interesting sour stuff sort of talk about with different types of sours and um, some interesting breweries to try. So this, uh, we have a four pack here. Maybe we get into some more. I think we'll probably just do these four. There might be a bonus round, but we have two <laughs> of the Key Lime Gozas from New Glory, different years. Yes. Uh, we have a Track 7 Sour and a Burning Barrel Sour. And if you were to kind of Name three to five breweries that were sort of the sour kings of the Sacramento area in the last handful of years. I feel pretty confident these are three breweries that would come up. Yeah. Uh, honorable mentions would be like Mraz. Um, maybe it's just Mraz. Who else would we be missing? If we're like sour kings of the Sacramento area. Not saying anyone else excluded made a, a great sour. Um, maybe out of bounds because they've made a handful and they're popular. Yeah, they make some good sours. Um, uh, I think Fort Rock has a couple good sours here and there. The Copa Cabana series is great. Uh, I really like Spa Day from Fort Rock. That's oh, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's a good one. Uh, I would also say. You could also, I guess, maybe name drop Thin Line because that Berlin advice with the different syrups is great. That was good. That was good. It's very stylistic, too. Um, Traditionally, style. let us know in the comments if there's other sour breweries that you think we left out when we think like these are the ones that are killer. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we've forgotten somebody. Yeah. But in any case, Burning Barrel, Track Seven, and New Glory. Mm. There is kind of like a changing of the guard in this, where like New Glory was used to be the beer king. Burning Barrels trying to take the crown, I think, and Track Seven's just kind of been all reliable. Like they've just been yeah. kind of that like daily just driver that's always good. Keep throwing it down. Uh -huh. Yep. Well, the the one we have from Track Seven, not to spoil it too much, is it's actually one of my favorite uh, sour series I think I've ever had. Uh, the Betty oh, Cobbler's one from the Betty Cobbler series, which is I, one I've really appreciated. Mm. <clears throat> now well, it says Betty Strudel on it. Betty Strudel. All right, I take that back. We'll see. We'll have to try this one and see that. It's from the Betty series. <laughs> uh, Betty, did you did you have a hand in this, or are they just using your name now? What's going on, Betty? So we have two Key Lime Gozas that we're going to start with. And is the year listed on these? Yes. I, I drew the year in Sharpie. The one on your right is 2021, and the one on your left is 2022. I drew, drew them in silver Sharpie. It's very hard to see. This is 21 right here. 21. That's 22. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, I tried to. I, I got these for Jordan while he was out of town uh, doing his school stuff. And it took and... us so long to drink through certain beers that... <laughs> so, <Yeah>. admittedly, <laughs> admittedly, I looked in the beer fridge. I'm just going to pour a little bit. Yeah. I uh, looked in the beer fridge and thought, okay, what, what kind of podcast can we do to get through some of this beer? Because I feel bad that this has been sitting for so long. <sighs> but then also... I don't know if I want to buy more of it. That's the other thing. It's like, I think it's kind of something we want to talk about today. It's not just the sour beers, but my attitude. I've gone a little sour um, and that's kind myself of, and on buying Before I suggested this topic, I, it's just something I've noticed a lot really since this summer. I'm sure some of that is... I'll pour a little bit more so we match. Oh, yeah, so um, you've got to match. you got to match, man. Come on. Make it easy. Um, this is 2021 Key Lime Gozo, which is one of our all-time favorite beers. Um, at least when we had it. So we'll see how we feel when we have this one. Let's just drink this one and kind of talk about it. And then after we kind of compare these, I think we'll kind of have a variety of topics about why we may be souring on the craft beer scene in Sacramento. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's try it. Cheers. Old favorite. Ooh. Drink or it's bad luck. It's got a nice aroma still. Mm, that's still good. It's still good. That's real good. You can taste that it's aged a little bit. It, it kind of tastes more like a margarita now. Mm -hmm. But we also do just have Taco Bell. So maybe that's... Uh... That's true. <laughs> so, that is true. Uh, we also, we seem to be doing double headers lately. And so, you know, last uh... time we did two episodes back to back. So if you've listened to our... Um, Great Notion Spotlight. We're mm. filming this shortly after. Yep. We're shooting, you know, recording this. Rather. That's why we're shooting. We're Hollywood now. Shoot, Hollywood shoots. Yep. Uh, yeah, you know, listeners, you think of the video quality. Uh, yeah, leave a comment or email us. Beer Buddies for Life at Gmail. Um, no, I'm just lying. Uh, um, so, so now someone's going to take that shit and they're going to register it. Now we're going to pay no off the email, ass. Relax. No, um, no, someone's going to make that email. And then we're, if we do want that one day, they're, we're going to pay them for it, like ten thousand dollars or some stupid shit. That's fine. Um, <laughs> he says uh, in a very short-sighted manner. Um, oh so, man. What do you think about this? Before we get into the, the how different stuff. is this? Okay, I don't mean this, but if I took a Corona with lime and dumped it in right now, how um, how different is it? Key lime Quite a bit go? different. Okay, based on what? That this is really sour compared to a Corona with lime. Um, the uh, limony sal um, sour from oh, track pull. seven was a little bit closer to a Corona and lime than this is. Mm. This is more of the lime heavy. It's tart. Um, it doesn't have a beer flavor to it at all. To me, this is this is definitely a sour. It's a goza, but it's like, you know, it's so, a it's so a you tart kind of beer. walk into the territory I was hoping of. Uh -oh. If we said key lime sour versus key lime goza, mm -hmm. that realistically means two different things, right? And so the goza is not only lower in ABV. It's less tart. So if a traditional kettle sour and a Coors Light had a baby, this yeah. is kind of where you get the goza. So there is this very grain-forward, very smooth kind of quality, and there's a light, tart 
kind of behavior. The same way, I mm. think, which is very uh, much aligned with the key lime kind of flavor. Like, if you think of key lime as a dessert, it's definitely on the lighter end of dessert. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, sure. making a key lime stout, to me, is probably a little Ooh. problematic. Ooh, gross. Um, but this is nice. Uh, as we kind of finish this, we can kind of see how it compares to the 2022. Uh I'm reluctant to say it's going to differ much, but we'll kind of learn together. Maybe it does. And so, yeah, um, this is the first vintage that we've done that's not Goose Island. Really? On the podcast, at least. <clears throat> I suppose it is. Yeah. And so, uh, interesting thing to think about. So, I'm interested to see if this 2022 tastes a little bit different. Hmm. But you're right. It is much more sour than a Corona lime. There's a lime characteristic that would overlap. So if you did mm. like Corona, I do think saying you like key lime goza is probably yeah. so you'd if, probably like this. If you drop the whole lime, like I, I when I do Corona and lime, I squeeze the lime into the beer, mm. and then I shove the rest of the lime in the beer, and then I tilt it upside down, my thumb over the hole, and then it's pretty it's pretty limey. But my favorite part about that Corona lime beer is the flavor that this key lime goza has sure that's what i'm saying this, this is what i like in that corona lime it's true and so as much as we said it's a sour beer the goza is a very mild sour ale it's, it's tart but it's not like the same way a pilsner is a very light type of lager a goza mm. is a light sour it doesn't have that mouth weird feel as much as like a regular sour would like that the shock and vibe feel a less puckery less puckery um, it's more drinkable. Mm-hmm. Definitely. On a hot day, I'd rather have a Goza than a sour. Yes. So Gozas are a light, a light sour that benefit from a variety of fruit additions. So like a watermelon Goza, an apricot Goza, um, even like a blackberry Goza. Like there's just this light, mm-hmm. um, kind of the same way how some people feel about like soda water with lime. Like there's just this light, um... Mm, like light, a little, but a slight, a slightly sweet kind of quality that Gozas kind of have about them. Yeah. Well, also being true to the sour family. So I don't, it's not like grabbing a White Claw or Truly, mm-hmm. but I think the way, you know, seltzers have that like very light kind of feeling. I think Gozas have that same kind of light thing within the sour mm. family. I think Gozas are a little bit more lenient when you want to use like a sea salt as an additive as well so we've had a watermelon sea salt we've had a a lime and sea salt Um, we've had a couple different margarita and style or Mm -hmm. margarita inspired gozas that are really good margarita is normally served with salt rim I wouldn't say the salt profile like a sea salt would go well with the sour like a traditional sour uh, kettle sour but somehow with the goza you can get away with that great um excuse me Typically, what we've, sound, we've found with sour beers is that the longer we let them age, the more sour they get. Yes, this was decently tart. And so... Is it more or less tart than you remember, though? Or has it been a long time? It's been a minute. I want to lean towards this more tart mm-hmm. than I remember it being. And so I'm interested to let this kind of 2022 sort of yeah. process that. So that's about six months old at this point. I think April... 
Oh, yeah, this, but that means this is about 18 months old. Yes, okay. at least. So the, so the 2022 can you just opened, I got sometime around March, April. Okay. And it is now October. <clears throat> we will see. Going around, see? Cheers. Ooh, ooh, smell it. Smell this one. Mmm, mm. different. And not as sour. Not as sour. And more fruit flavor. It's true. <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. Just proved it. Which one do you like better? Um, I think I like the newer one better, 2022. Same. Yeah. Same. I, I think at that point when you've aged a Goza a little bit, which is mostly by accident, we kind of stumbled into, the, hey, this would be a cool thing, right? We didn't mm-hmm. buy the 2021 thing. Hey, we're going to save a can, which is something we do, right? We think, hey, I'm going to save a can mm-hmm. of this. I think our approach here was let's let's see how this goes. Let's let's hope this goes well. Yeah, <laughs> goes uh, well. Yes. Uh, and so uh, this is why we need a sample pad, Jordan. It's like the or the sad horn that we used to do. Um, agreed. But <laughs> I do like the 2022 <laughs> because if I wanted the tartness that came with the sour ale, I feel like I would just go. At a benefit of going with the sour, which is yeah, uh, the fruitier yeah. qualities, or you know what I mean, just the the extra body that comes with it. So mm. to have an extra tart goza, it's not my preferred method of enjoying the beer. Yeah, um, yeah, this is definitely much more of a regular goza, but it's still aged. I, I, you know, like you and I had this for the first time ever a few years ago, right off the tap, and it was like. That was a really uh, awesome experience. That was great. And so, while we're kind of finishing these, uh, we kind of have our first topic of why we are souring on the craft beer scene. Mm -hmm. And so, I'll kind of narrate a portion of why I think you're... From, from, you know, as as my best friend, something Mm. that I've kind of watched... That I think has kind of changed your perspective of the brewery scene mm. is that at one point New Glory was the king of the beer scene in Sacramento unequivocally mm. and there was a point in time where eight you know we'll talk about price point and other things yeah. soon and other things you can do but <clears throat> one point New Glory was producing beer that was in my mind tied with the other best breweries around mm-hmm. but they were surpassing every other brewery in volume to where at least twice a month they're having quad can releases and there are at least two new beers coming out every month mm-hmm. and they had like 32 taps or something like that 35 taps sure it was a lot it's crazy i don't know but it was a lot they were you know, every other week they were coming out with two or three fantastic beers. Mm-hmm. While I watched Track Seven have, you know, two can releases a month, and I felt like the two can releases try. And this was kind of the debate you and I had: is Track mm-hmm. Seven was always my preferred brewery, but they just weren't doing it at the volume that New Glory was doing it. And so, like from like a purely objective standpoint, like New Glory was coming out with just as good a beer. 
but mm-hmm. doing it at at least twice the clip, if not you know two and a half, three times the clip that most breweries were doing at, including Track Seven, mm-hmm. um, or Moonraker, or Fieldwork, or you know these other breweries yeah. we really looked at as kind of this like really the the godfather of Sacramento beer from I don't know 2018. 2017, 20, even 16, even to like about mm-hmm. 2020, which is funny because they came from. I think the person that started it came from Moonraker, and then at the very beginning, I think you and I were there on their first or second anniversary. Uh, they were still very much with that Moonraker style, which was still Moonraker is a higher volume or higher quantity can release type of brewery. Agreed. Uh, than most places, but I think New Glory cranked it up a little bit more. Uh, maybe maybe one and a quarter times, you know. <clears throat> so if New Glory was putting out eight to ten new beers a, a month, and tracks and track seven was putting out three or four new beers a month, they, say you no, and New I, Glory was. No, I want to be clear. New Glory was dropping like twelve new beers a month. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So okay. So say we liked, you know, half of the beers from New Glory, right? So we liked six out of the twelve that dropped in any given month, but track seven was dropping like three or four beers a month, and we, we liked, liked three out of the four. Mm-hmm. So that means that Track 7 came out with three beers a month that we liked, and the New Glory was still coming out with six beers a month that we liked, even though we, we liked less of the New Glory beers. But by just brute force, they came out with more beers that we liked. So I think we, we went to New Glory more often than we went to Track 7 just because of that. It's true. And then also, to be clear, as much as we say, oh, beers we liked, none of the beers, <clears throat> well, few of the beers that those two breweries came out with were, were bad. They're all and good. They're yeah. all good. They're just things that we would drink and go, wow, that's amazing. Is mm-hmm. from a sheer numbers perspective, you can look at it one of two ways. New Glory is coming out. Like half their beers aren't fantastic, which is a silly metric. Yeah. And so by percentage, you're right. Track 7 was beating mm-hmm. New Glory based on percentage during this time. But New Glory was also releasing more, taking more risks, uh-huh. and coming out with more great beers per month. And so the other flip side of it is how do I say one brewery is not as good when they're coming out with twice as many good beers per month? Mm-hmm. It's not comparable. Like if, if New Glory was dropping 12 new beers a month and they were releasing three good beers, mm-hmm. and Track 7 was dropping four new beers. Mm-hmm. Three of them are good. Well, the, at least the number is comparable, and I can say no. Track seven just knows how to how to do their thing. But mm-hmm. New Glory is coming out with at least six beers a month. Like you and I were spending, gosh, at least twenty bucks a week, if not like forty, fifty bucks a week on beer. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was at New Glory. Yeah. Well, I work uh, down the way from them, and so I can swing by, you know, can releases or swing by on the Friday and pick up some stuff. And, I mean, they had some good stouts, they had good sours, they had good single, double, triple IPAs, West Coast hazies, they had a Pilsner that was really good, they had a couple of variations on, like, a breakfast stout, they, I mean, it was all <clears throat> kinds of stuff all the time. I mean, what I think you and I have had, like, seven or eight different barrel-aged stouts from them, mm-hmm. just barrel-aged stouts, you know? <clears throat> Infinite Void to me is still one of the best stouts I've ever had. Barrel Age Infinite Void is fantastic. Yeah, we, Barrel Age we've Infinite had four different versions of Barrel Age Infinite Void. Yeah, and they it's they ridiculous. have so many good ideas. And then in the last couple of years, some things have shifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the can art has changed. Uh, it seems like ownership has changed. This is the same though. This key lime goes a can art is the same. It's always been. 
And that's the can art is the same. The logo is different. Yeah. The logo is still the old or the new school logo. Oh yeah, yeah, the new new glory name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, the can art has, hasn't changed. Um, something just feels different. I there's something about the rebranding I've never been able to get behind. It's kind of goofy. Okay. It's very. What do, you mean, car- what do you mean by that? Very cartoony. Okay. Right. The old school. Uh, can art and I think I still have some uh, displayed around the brewery which is really cool it was really it was a lot of vector art it was a lot of like kaleidoscope looking things mm-hmm. um, but they were very very interesting uh, combinations of colors mm-hmm. and shapes um, you know like we've had um, Loudmouth which was the can with the ghosts on it a bunch of different colored ghosts and mm-hmm. different sizes gummy worms used to have actual pictures of gummy worms on it we've had <clears throat> one of my favorites was um Oh, it was Atomic something. It was a single hazy. Okay. And it had like, um, oh, um, some something blended atoms or what? I, oh, God, I got to look it up now. But it was basically um, like blue and green, and it had like some sort of ether and green and blue lines, and it looked really cool. It was a little more abstract. Um, like I said, a combination of like patterns and colors and stuff. I, I really liked that. I thought it was really cool. And then those are the kind of cans when they're on display at a store. Um, you can like walk through the aisle and they, they jump out. <clears throat> and I remember when they switched over to more of a cartoonish looking, um, I think like Citra Dream now has like a bear and a spacesuit on or mm. something like that. It just, it didn't, I didn't recognize it. Completely different color scheme, way less attractive, didn't jump out to me on the shelf. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know, man. Well, it's funny cause we've watched a variety of breweries go through some different changes. And I'll give you two examples of breweries where we've embraced the change. Mm-hmm. And even been resistant to it because, like most people, you and I are resistant to change. Because mm-hmm. we're and, old. Uh, I don't know that's why. I well, think you're people, 30 now, so, uh, you know. Well, so I'm not saying I'm not old. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't know that that's the reason why. Didn't there used to be a gas station on that corner, Jordan? Gas station. Okay, that's that's old person joke. Uh, well, good. See, I feel like I passed the test. Um, he passed the vibe check. That's right. Um, but the two breweries that really jump out to me that have really changed their standing in the Sacramento area that we were resistant to both, and I'm more resistant to one. You're more resistant to one. But Device used to be a shitty brewery. And they've really upped their game. But they didn't change their branding or their can art. Hold on, I agree, or though. that stuff. I that agree. was something else. And then, and I'm really resistant to device. Mm-hmm. And then Burning Barrel has also really stepped up their game. And uh-huh. you're very resistant to Burning Barrel. And Just the price point. I oh agree. I God. agree. Burning Barrel is expensive. But oh, Burning Barrel is making shit. some of the best beer in the Sacramento area. And it's just not even a negotiable fact right now. And so to watch these other breweries change and to have us both embrace at varying levels, embrace the change, to then go through New Glories, not just the label change. I don't care if you change the labels. The beer's just not what it was. Yeah. And... 
Well, they changed equipment. They probably changed head brewer. They changed their branding. They probably changed ownership, that's, which means that's also probably a culture change. I don't. Yeah, and I you don't. Know? I, and you're right. All those things add up, and it it makes a difference. But Citra Dream doesn't taste the same. No. Ubedank. Ubedank was so good. It too. doesn't taste the same. Um, but what's really funny is it tastes I... really close. Ubenek is close, really close. But it's not the same. And uh, Gummy Worms. I can't even drink the new version of Gummy Worms. Gummy Worms used to be one of my favorite, favorite New Glory beers. Yeah. One of my go-to beers in the Sacramento scene. Like, you, if you, I saw a four-pack of Gummy Worms, I would pick up a four-pack. Uh-huh. You know? And, you know, we'll kind of talk about this later. And the beer's more expensive now. So not only yeah. is it not as good, it's wildly more expensive. Uh-huh. You, know, you you could get a four pack of gummy worms for fourteen bucks, and now good luck doing that. Mm-hmm. And well, you and I used to complain about. I don't know if we get too much into the sours, but um, we used to complain about the Mind Shaker series. The Mind Shaker series from New Glory was cool because it was a double milkshake IPA, and they changed the fruit every two months or something. Like that, every it three was months, twenty four dollars a four pack. <clears throat> it was yeah, and we would we would say okay, let's buy one four pack, and we'll drink a couple cans, and we'll age a couple cans, but we're not spending more money than that. And that was really expensive back when we were getting now, the craft stuff. Now that's more the average price of the craft beer scene. Yes. 20 24 bucks for like a paleo. Like it's for, I don't know, I have to check. I'm not going to say it for gummy worms, but I wouldn't be surprised if gummy worms is 20 bucks a four pack now. I believe that, especially because the Track 7 Sours are now about $24 a four pack. Yeah, and they used to be about 20 Uh Yeah, 20-ish. which is a big difference. And that's a, yeah, that's about a gallon of gas. It's true. So, just like what's um, I don't know. Like what's going on? You know, it's just we know that things are getting more expensive, but uh, you know, it's, it's just, just like everything else. The, the economy is inflating, and California routinely just gets more and more expensive. Mm-hmm. But it's gotten to a point now where we've had a hard time justifying. Yeah. Not just the value of New Glory, which we've talked about, but just the value in beer. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm reluctant to go to Smart Mart now. I'm reluctant to go to Rockland Bottle Shop. I I went to Fair Oaks Market only to find um, Miller for our lager podcast that's coming up. Mm. I didn't even, I mean, I think I grabbed two cans, single cans of beer. I'm like, I don't, if we're just looking at like, you know, most of the market is still West Coast and hazy IPAs, like 70% of the cans out there. I don't want to pay $8 for a West Coast IPA anymore. I don't I don't care that much anymore. Agreed. Agreed. You know? And that's where, you know, spoiler alert, we do have a logger podcast <clears throat> coming up where the it might have gotten to a point in the craft beer scene where cheap, cheap beer or lower tier craft beer that's commercial is the more effective way to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've talked about this with you. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but even now with uh, all the inflation and everything we're seeing in California, everything getting way more expensive, um, Pabst Blue Ribbon is still tw- or $10 for a 12-pack. And the other day, when I was looking, because I'm looking for loggers for our podcast, Coors Light was 8 something for a 6-pack. And PBR is still $10 for a 12-pack. It's really hard to beat that. And it's not a shitty beer. A lot of people beat up on PBR, but it's actually pretty sweet. Well, people beat up on light beers in general. And I yeah. want to be clear. Like, if you were looking for a really great tasting beer, anything with light slash PBR 
is not going to be the way to go. Uh, how do you want to drink the rest of these, by the way? Do you just want to split, go back to 21? Oh, yeah, because we did uh, partial pours. Yeah. It's um, up to you, man. Would you rather just drink 21 or would you rather just drink 22? Or where are you at? Let's get 21 over with. It's, it's a bit tart, but I think we can power through it. I think we can do it. Um, I agree. I think aging this is not super wonderful, but we didn't know that until I was gone for a long period of time. Um, yeah. You had to leave for three years. Uh, I was in and out. Don't. <laughs> it is 2022 currently. Don't make it sound like I've been gone since 2019. Um, but... I, when do we want to talk about um, can releases? Like, you could jump in with can releases in. now if you want. I haven't been. Well, <clears throat> the first can release I've been to, it was the first one in a long time, was the uh, Juice Double, the, the Juice Blackberry Double IPA mm. from Out of Bounds. And I took my friend Max with me, my friend Max, the Canadian. Uh, for clarification, he's Canadian. He lives in America. That was the big funny joke at my grad party, is that he showed up. My friends thought that he lived in Canada. I was like, no, he's from Canada. He lives here. Oh, like yeah, he, I work with him. How would he live in Canada? Anyways, so, <laughs> that was like the big joke. Max from Canada lives here. Cool guy. He and I have been hitting up some of the brewery stuff. He Canadian and I, Max from America is more like it. Um. No, he's more like American Max from Canada. Like he's riding dirt bikes now. He's trying to grow like a little bit of a mustache, you know. Okay. He's he's trying to he's he's doing some cool shit. He's doing some cool shit. In any case, you took him to the to out of bounds. We took him to out of bounds because he and I go to Device. He and I go to wherever. Every once in a while, we we'll grab beers with some of, you know our friends from work and vendors and whoever we're you know whatever. So, but that that's just like a beer after work. I haven't been to like a can release until I think I went to. We're doing the brown ale episode, and I was looking for brown ales. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to throw Jordan a curveball. And this is something that's against the rules. If it was in Growler Gang, I probably would have been excommunicated from Growler Gang. But I went and found uh, – I went to Out of Bounds for the Powdered Toastman brown ale. And they said, hey, we brewed too much of it. Um, there is a no Out of Bounds policy for Growler Gang. Yes. But this wasn't a Growler Gang. This is a podcast. Agreed. So so I, I lawyered that one a little bit. kind of negotiated my way through the, the terms there. If you have an interesting bone to pick with you – about that brown episode, but keep going. Uh-oh. But, well, when I went to Out of Bounds, um, they were selling the Powder Toast Man. It was uh, $12 for a four-pack, and it was normally like 15 or 18 Or it was 2 for – no, it was like $15 or like 2 for 24 or something like that uh, because they brewed too much of it. They messed up their schedule. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, so for Powder Toast Man, $12 for a four-pack – is pretty good because that's an expensive beer to make. It's got a lot of flavor to it. It's got a lot of things, a lot of adjunct in it, you know. Um, so I'll grab some. But then I asked her when I was at the counter, I was like, hey, I see Joyrider. I see Grapefruit uh, Double, you know, Juice Double IPA. I was like, when are you guys coming out with Blackberry? Because it should be pretty soon, right? She's like, yeah, we can it next week. And so it was the week after I think we filmed the podcast. I ended up going to Out of Bounds. And I went to the other location out here, This the one that's close by that what's got the restaurant and everyone like freaks out about that one for yeah. whatever reason they like go bananas for this place like when max and i showed up there was no parking i had to park like two blocks away and then we walked up <clears throat> and we get there and i wanted a four pack of the juice blackberry double up so okay that's um it was like almost just under 60 dollars for two four packs 
I was like, are you serious right now? She's like, yeah, they're like 27-something before tax. It's like, when did that happen? Which means it's more than $6 a can. Like, no, like, you and I used to buy it, and it was like, a bomber was like 8 bucks. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that's fine, but, like, we used to buy a four-pack for, like, $16? 16 bucks. $15? Mm-hmm. And now it was, like, almost twice the price? And they didn't even distro it. It's only at the brewery. I haven't seen it in stores. I've seen, um, I've seen grapefruit, and I think I've seen mango, but I haven't seen blackberry in stores yet. Yep. And you can get away with it. Like, holy crap, man. I bought some because I'm a sucker. I had to. I feel bad about it. I feel like I uh, went against my own morals, you know? But still, like, that was, like, we waited all summer for that. It was like, a, that, that hurt. That hurt my feelings. Yeah. I, uh... And it was not better than it used to be. It was, like, the same. That's how I feel when uh, I went to track seven to pick up the two most recent sour, sour releases. Yeah. The guy rings me up and goes, all right, that'll be 52 48 or whatever. It's like, what? So he gets $24 four-pack ta- four plus tax. Like, um, Or the, the last couple times I've gone to Smart Mart, uh, well, actually, before, uh, you know, a couple months ago when I moved back, I started going to Smart Mart, I got a mixed four-pack. I'm like, all right, that's $26. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, well you got you know it's it's a build your own so it's twenty six bucks like that's how much it costs like that's that's insane yeah to the point now where I go to Smart Mart I just get two cans I pick out two beers now instead of four I do a two pack yeah and I go maybe once or twice a month now but even that two pack is you know ten bucks and that's if I hunt for a cheaper beer I'll find a cheap beer that's you know four dollars a can and then I'll buy whatever else I want. Mm-hmm. I just spent 12 bucks for two cans, mm-hmm. but you can get a six pack of Sierra Nevada for that much. So like yeah, for like 12 bucks. Where yeah. where like that's kind of the question. Which used to be nine dollars like a year ago. Right, but I would rather get a six pack of Sierra Nevada than spend 12 dollars on 32 ounces mm-hmm. of two cans, and so I can get twice the beer for the same price. Yeah. And I know it's good beer. Why wouldn't I go that direction? Like, at one point it was 9 to 10 bucks for Sierra Nevada. But you could, for 12 to 14, you could get a four-pack, which was just a little bit less. And, you know, if you took a bottle out. That's yeah. That's what we're talking about. You know, 72 versus 64 ounces. Like, for almost the same amount of beer, you could pay a little bit more and get something that was much better Versus yeah. now we're talking about if you double it, you can get something that's much better. And that's not proportional value, right? Like 9 no. versus, you know, 12 to 14. Even, to be f- completely fair, 9 versus 18. Like, at least, you know, maybe 10 probably. I think, you know, like depending on the six-pack, 10 to 18, right? There uh-huh. is a comparable ratio in a lot of ways, but like... And I know that breweries aren't trying to charge as much. It's just like everything has gone up in price and all of the ingredients they use and all the suppliers yeah. are pushing all these things. But at what point do we go like, bro, I can't afford to be in this game anymore. Yeah. Well, you and I already talked about, you know, there's there's like 100 breweries in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. 
like who's buying all this beer like, who can afford to buy all it now you know like like how how many of these breweries are gonna be able to survive this Yeah, I don't know. And the other kind of concerning factor was when we went to Pizza Port, it was, you know, 12 bucks for a six-pack. Of pints. Of pints. Yeah. For really good beer. Really amazing yeah. beer. Well, I was just in Michigan, and I, I sent you guys a picture of a, um, it's a blueberry cream ale. So, like, locally sourced blueberries from Michigan. It's from Sheboygan, which is just south of the bridge, northern Michigan. Uh, Sheboygan Brewery is awesome, by the way, if you're in the area. Um, it was a blueberry cream ale with real blueberries. And it was 11 something for the four pack of pints. Mm. And that was a fantastic beer. They also had a honey blood orange that was, uh, you know, 11 something for a four pack of pints. You know? Like, it, it's crazy. Like, there's other, I don't know if it's something going on here in California. Maybe. But even but, Pizza Port is in California, right? It's in San Diego, which is a more expensive yeah, area. Yeah, true, true. And they have true. found ways to apparently make money, I'm assuming make money, while charging substantially less for, yeah, I don't know. That's a good price um, from what they were selling. I remember you looked over at the fridge and were kind of upset for a minute. We're having a very nice lunch. We're eating our pizza, drinking our beer. And then Jordan got really sad. Or angry. I don't know if you're sad, angry. Probably both. Sangry. At first, I thought like, oh no, that must be a misprint, or it's a six pack of twelve ounce cans. It was a six pack of sixteen ounce cans, which means you can get two extra cans for eight to ten bucks less. It's like I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about right now. Yeah. You know, like. Well, I got that extra luggage bag. We can go down there and use that as our check bag anytime it we want. It kind of blows my mind. It blows, well, blows my mind. This is another conversation that you started also while we were at Pizza Port. You and I started talking about how much money or how much beer would we have to buy to where we'd actually save money flying to San Diego with a checked bag, buying a bunch of beer from Pizza Port, and then flying back to Sacramento. And it was like 120 bucks in beer. It wasn't even that. I mean, that's not even that crazy because you and I were spending like two, three hundred bucks during beer week um, every year. Well, so we're, and it's not that crazy if you think I've just spent 120 bucks in beer, and I spent over fifty dollars on two four packs. Yeah. Right. So we're talking like for the price of five track seven four packs because about twenty four dollars uh-huh. per four pack. Right. Five plus tax. Uh huh. And then the four, instead of five four packs, right? Like we could almost get two six pack of pints for that price for way less, including yeah. airfare, right? Like no, I'm saying like like if you buy a twenty four dollar four pack from Track Seven, that's almost two six pack of pints from Pizza yes. Port. So just that, just a one to one. We could go to Pizza Port with a suitcase mm-hmm. and load up on seven or eight six packs and actually save money. Per pint and pay uh-huh. the same amount and have probably twelve cans left over. Yeah, and that's with traveling. Yeah, well, we went on the the Southwest bonus, the crazy, stupid, cheap airfare day too, which that's part of the equation. But still, if that's even an option for you to fly to, well, it's like eight or not, you know, it's like f- almost five hundred miles away, and save money flying, and then buying beer and flying home. That's it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And that just kind of speaks to, really, um, now, to be fair, 
kilowatt was more expensive than pizza port so i think pizza port is a little bit of the anomaly but you're like the fact that we can drive down before the rest of this kilon goes yeah the 2022 we can drive down to or even fly down to Southern say, California. For $35, we flew down there. It would cost me like $300 in gas to it's, drive it's down there. It's 80 bucks so, round trip. Yeah. Um, that's that's from here to Fresno for me. That's it. To fly down and just feel like we can just pick up any amount of beer and start to save money mm-hmm. after 120 bucks is invested. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's... Based on the number of cans at twelve, so like let's do the math real quick for the people. So we're saying if it's one hundred and twenty bucks mm-hmm. for like twenty cans, that's or for eight, twelve cans, that's eight or nine. No, it's eight or nine. So six like, pack of pints. So eighty eighty dollars so. to get down there, and it's mm-hmm. one hundred and four dollars to get twelve cans. Like even then, it's like just over a hundred bucks. You start saving money per your per beer by flying to another city and buying beer from another brewery. You start to save money mm-hmm. after one hundred and twenty bucks, yeah. which just kind of exposes how expensive. Which is the point of this podcast: how expensive the craft beer scene has really gotten. Yeah, and we like we don't support domestics. We never have, and now we're about to do a domestic lager podcast, and I think we're just in the sense of getting down to the bottom of like, is there actually a huge difference here? Yeah. Is there? I did show you the curveball, which I don't want to spoil it here, but mm. there are a lot of places that make uh, traditional, like a lot of craft places now that make traditional domestic lagers. Yeah. You know, or some some craft places in the Midwest have even bought the recipes from very very large breweries that have gone out of business. To make yeah. those traditional domestic lagers. So I think there is something there. It just depends on the price point. And that was kind of the thing is that the lagers are more expensive to make, but if you make them in a ridiculous volume, you know. You like, can make them like cheaper. Budweiser. Yeah, you can make Budweiser. And depending on the cheap. ingredients, I guess, is also the other, mm-hmm. the other end of that. But um, So do you have any strategies for the craft beer enthusiast like if you're trying to buy craft beer on a budget what would you recommend outside of flying to another city what are because it's not all doom and gloom so what are what are some strategies you have about or do you i guess is a better question do you have any strategies to help the craft Uh, beer enthusiast about you know finding the best bang for their buck while maintaining a certain quality uh, maybe the easiest thing to do would be just wear a blindfold so you don't see the prices. That might be the easiest, less, least mm. painful. Um, a realistic approach, when you and I took when we first started getting into beer, is really pay attention to what you like and what you don't like. Especially the breweries that, that put the the style or like the hops or the mall or anything like that on the can. Like Moxa does a really good job of that. Um, Track mm. 7 does a good job of that sometimes. Like, uh, if you're trying to get the most bang for your buck, then I would focus on beers that you know you're going to like. Yeah. You know? Okay. That I would make sure. And then if you're taking a gamble, um, at least Google. Like, like we, we complain about, um, what are they called? Uh, Moonraker all the time. Because they never put what's on the beer. Or what's on the, on the, in the beer on the can. But sometimes you can Google it. I would just start paying more attention to what you like and don't like. So that you don't, like, like run into a situation like you and I did back when beer was cheaper and we were still upset when you try beer like well this isn't very good we don't like it but we don't know why because we don't understand what's in it mm. right but I just wasted seven dollars 
You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't. I would be so picky right now if that were me. I, I would not risk paying seven or eight dollars for a pint of some IPA. So I think that's great advice. The the thing that I would really drive home is we're in a place where the craft beer market is so overpriced, and oversaturated, that being picky is more valid than it ever was. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing I would suggest is uh, go directly to the source and drink it on draft. Oh, because yeah. Because the on-draft prices are not markedly more expensive than the can prices. Mm. And so at this point in time, like if you're going to drink craft beer, you might as well just go to the brewery and enjoy a beer or two. Because it's going to come out to about the same price. But, uh, well, okay. Hold on. I think you've stumbled on something without realizing it. You and I both like going to the source. For me, one of the reasons why I like going there is sometimes you can talk to the person pouring the beer and talk to them about what you like and don't like. Mm. Sometimes they give you a little bit of a sample of a beer. Oh, that's true. And you don't get charged for those. If you're really nice, they won't charge you for those samples. Or if you go to certain breweries or most breweries, you can get a flight. So you don't have to drink an entire pint of something versus you go to the store. You have to pay for the entire pint. You don't know if you're going to like it or the, not. The drawback right? of flights and breweries is you're going to pay at least $10 for that flight, if not $12 yeah. to $14 for a flight mm-hmm. of four. Mm-hmm. Um, and you only get a pint worth of beer, right? Mm-hmm. So like, in that context, it's a little tricky. But you're right. If you wanted to pay a little bit extra and get a flight, you could, you know, pay a little bit over market value, which you would be doing in the store, mm-hmm. and just get a beer and be able to try four beers and move on. But like, if a can, right? Like that juice blackberry is, you know, it was twenty six, twenty eight, twenty seven something. Okay, let's tags. just round up a little bit. So it, it, this this number is gonna be a little bit higher, but let's just say it was twenty eight dollars for the four pack. Mm-hmm. That puts it at $7 a pint. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that that beer is much more than that in the store. Maybe eight fifty nine oh, bucks at the brewery? Yeah. So there, here's my point, though. My counterpoint to you is if you get a flight of four for like 12 bucks mm. versus one pint of the same beer for like 7 bucks. I said, okay, I can give you 16 ounces of one beer or you pay me five extra dollars, I'll give you four ounces of four different beers. Mm. What do you think the odds are that you'd have a better time trying those four beers than you would have the Probably the flight. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's Probably to the me, flight. And as someone who over feels like I overpay for flights pretty regularly, I, mm-hmm. I think the flight option, but in the, in, in the interest of pure economics, mm-hmm. if, if you were going to buy that beer in the store, instead, and this is my point. Is oh, like a grocery store or like a... Of, or either or a, okay. or a ta- like a like a bottle shop. Because you instead also have of, the option at the brewery of like half pour sometimes too. It's true. So that's, instead of buying... Yeah. And this is... It just goes back to go to the source, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's a flight or a half pour or a pint. I think going to the source now... It's, the economy has gotten to a place where going to the source just needs to be the preferred option. Yeah. Where like... Um, We'll talk about another option as we get into it. I'm saving some things in the back on the back mm. burner. Jordan uh, just pointed out his armpit um, for the viewers at home. You want like this? Do you want some deodorant? You good? I'm good. I don't smell. <laughs> Smelling armpits. I smell. We have um, to do a videotaped version of one of our episodes one day. Just uh, just one time. Uh, <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> a YouTube video that accompanies. Uh, but in any case. Uh, I think all of it points to going to the source because 
At one point, you could skip going to the source because the cam prices were not in such a mm-hmm. uh, in such a tier that would say like you and I got to this place. I'll kind of go on a tangent and then I'll come back to my point. Uh-huh. Of we got to this place where we'd kind of make breweries prove it. Mm. Do we start out like, hey, let's just go to these breweries? Mm-hmm. And then we started finding these bottle shops, and prices were in such a place where we wouldn't feel like, hey, we need to go check this brewery out until we've had two or three, like we'd have a beer from this oh, brewery. Like a place like Revision or Hoppus yeah. where it's like three hours away. Yeah, yeah. And then we'd find three or four beers. We're like, shoot, these are all good. We need to go. Mm-hmm. We need to go. Yeah. And then we'd make it a point to drive and go. And so now it's gotten to a point where, like, I would just prefer to go and just try it and see. Yeah. I'm going to be paying the same overpriced stuff, but at least I went to the source. And the beer tastes better at the source than it does after it's distroed. Mm. There's just no way around it. Um, In any case, that's my other big, my big, my first big point. My second big point is deal hunt. Hmm. Deal hunting is, let me give you an idea. Uh, that week that all your friends came into town uh-huh. and we went to um, Log Off and then you guys went to Catherine's. We also went to Burning Barrel. We started off at the University of Beer in the morning. Yeah. That yep. same weekend, Claim Steak was doing $15 four packs or something like that, which was uh. a steal. And Claim Steak makes great beer. And so finding breweries, finding the breweries that are off the beaten path a little bit because uh-huh. Track 7 is a big brewery. Yeah. New Glory obviously has that distro center now. They're a big brewery. Uh, Burning Barrel has gotten away with astronomical prices for years now. Yeah. And as much as I think they've earned, these breweries have earned the right to charge what they charge, I also think it's overpriced. Mm-hmm. And so if you can find good breweries that are charging less, yep. which takes a little bit of due diligence on your part as the listener, right? Uh, you can find really good beer for much more reasonable prices but you have to dig for it, and you have. Ah. And again, it goes back to point one C, C item one. You do have to go to the source mm-hmm. and buy the cans from them to get those prices. So here's something we used to do a lot: was get growlers, and I always appreciated. I think out of bounds might still do this. Thursday, ten dollar growler fills mm. almost everything. So ten bucks for. They used to fill it up. It was like 68, 69, 70 ounces. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, it was a little bit more than a growler. For 10 bucks. Like, that's a good deal. Mm-hmm. Out of Bounds, we give Out of Bounds shit because they um, make a lot of beer and it's really hyped up and it's okay. I'd say it's B range, B plus range beer, but people like blow it out of proportion sometimes. Um, like, if you go to the, the Folsom restaurant, there's like never seating. It's just insane. I mean, they make good beer. Um, doing it for ten dollars a growler is it's that's good. That's I don't think anyone else's sack has beaten that right now. It might be a little bit more. Uh, we haven't gone since uh, before COVID. I think we've gotten out of bounds because we had the the out of bounds uh, hiatus on our growler game. Mm-hmm. But I mean, who really does that? You know. Can you think of any other brewery that has a regular either can release or, or growler fill special like that? I can't, actually. Not in, not in the Sacramento area. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's see if this is overcarbed. 
cool. We're getting a little bit of uh, rock and roll radio in the background for free. Didn't even have to pay for it. Ooh. Okay, he's pouring out the burning barrel. It's got a nice banana yellow color to it. I like this. I really do like burning barrels colors and the fruitiness of their sours. They are good. I just wish that... I might have overrolled it, but it definitely tastes or smells good. Look at the bubbles on yours. Mm-hmm. It looks like a bunch of spider eggs or spider nests. It's not really like small bubbles. I wish that we could use a picture. I'm going to actually take a picture. Maybe I'll use this as the podcast um, logo. Let's get a picture quick. Oh, I got it. It looks like a bunch of bug eggs. It is Halloween. I don't know if you can see my, my spider web decorations that I had the guys put up while I was gone. They're working hard over here. My Halloween decorations. Oh yeah, it's okay. It's supposed to be a joke, but it's actually it's probably more sad than it is. Is it great? No, yeah. this is this is I don't shut about. This is great. Cool. I like how you have two back door, back doors to your patio that are twelve feet apart. And I have no windows. What's that? You ever notice that? Um, not inherently. No. I don't but have any no, windows. No, I think except about for it, those. You don't have a ton of natural light in your apartment, but. I've got a decent amount. My my apartment goes uh, north south, so I don't have direct natural light. But I do have these these on the podcast patio. I have these shades put up because I have enough natural light certain times of the year where it's just a pain in the ass that comes through my window and wakes me up in the morning. Oh, nice. All right. So. So what do you got? We have two can time, uh, which is a collaboration between Burning Barrel. Sandbox Brewing Company and Creative Creature Brewing Company. I only know uh, Burning Barrel. And this is a tiki-inspired imperial smoothie sour. Like, What happens when you throw a luau with three breweries and one meme page? You create a tropical fruit smoothie bursting with flavors, flavors resembling... A freshly blended tiki drink. This imperial sour infused with juicy pineapples, bananas, and cream of coconut invites you to kick back and taste a little slice of paradise with us. Nice. It's like a pina colada with banana. I've always wondered how that would be. Great. Here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Have to drink words. Bad luck. This has also been in my fridge for a while. Um, oh, that's just drinking juice. Yeah, it's not a sour. Um... Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's fruit punch with banana. That's what that tastes like. <laughs> the other thing that I'll, the other point I'll make now that we're getting uh, into Burning Barrel, because we've mm-hmm. mentioned it a couple times, Burning Barrel is much more expensive than the other breweries. Mm-hmm. Burning Barrel is a brewery where I will put my money into it for special occasion. For special occasion. Not regularly. Not regularly. Or when they come out with something that looks really good, I will make it a point to go and pay the extra money. Mm-hmm. So that's the other point is know where your money is going and be able to determine if you are being provided the value um, and so because as we get into point four point three will be extra important so point one is go to the source and drink the pints Yeah. Uh, point two is hunt for breweries where it's cheaper mm-hmm. so you can try more things for lesser than the inflated value mm-hmm. three is know of the breweries that have the inflated value where is your money best spent and point four we'll get to in a little bit so which point is it where you have to pay attention to what you like and don't like like understanding your own preferences is that a point or does that matter so that, I guess that was just an assumption. Mm, okay. 
at this point if you're diving into the craft beer scene like if you don't know what you like and what you don't like um you probably mm. need to drink more of the commercial examples and kind of have an idea of what your palate looks like you know what that sounds like hmm. if you don't know you can't afford it it's probably true <laughs> Uh, it's like the it's, restaurant it's probably thing. Like is, when you go to yeah. a restaurant that doesn't have the prices, if you have to ask how much it costs, it's probably out of your price range. Yes. You're probably not going to appreciate it the same. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. Okay. So it's not a point. It's um underlying expectation of well, the beer so drinker. Like, if you're right? jumping into craft beer, like, okay. So I guess another thing, and this is maybe why we're souring on the craft beer scene is... It's really not an entry level game anymore. That you yeah. have to really familiar. If you want to get into beer, we got to start you off with some commercial examples and some craft examples every now and again with your friends yep. if you're drinking with other beer drinkers. But you have to have a pretty substantiated palate if money is a concern. Now, if you want to go out to a brewery and you don't care and you're going to spend the money you're going to spend, great. Go out and have a great time. But in the interest of saving money, in the interest of being price conscious, which is our recommendation because mm-hmm. of why we're selling on the beer scene, which is rooted in the inflation of the actual brewery scene itself over the last several years, mm-hmm. um, then I would, I would stay away. I would buy or beware. Mm-hmm. If you're getting into it and you're not sure what you like, I don't personally feel outside of a few select styles maybe that you're going to find the value yeah i'm agreeing with you and I'm, i make hand gestures that you guys at home can't see when i get ideas and things i don't want to forget i usually forget them in about two minutes so um fortunately for you the podcast is as long as it could have been but i was just about to say uh at like 12 15 dollars um even 18 dollars for some of these six packs from like ballast point or like mm-hmm. uh you know anchor or something a little more expensive ones i would rather have an ice chest and like a barbecue in the backyard and maybe buy six or seven of those six packs in different styles versus going to a brewery and spending so that's, i'm thinking about 80 90 bucks to do that in the backyard for your barbecue just fill an ice chest with those mm-hmm. and then um the alternative would be going to a brewery where potentially you'd have a better time if you understood what you were doing understood what you're looking for a little bit more but for most people that's not the case you're going to drop about 100 bucks maybe if you spend an afternoon at a brewery with your friends Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you'd have a better time if you're not really into craft beer if you're not really really dedicated you might have a better time like you're saying buying the commercial beer at the grocery store there's still a decent selection and just just chilling is at one point I think you definitely could have made the same argument Mm-hmm. But I felt like there was definitely a case to be made for craft beer. And now craft beer's price point, and it's by necessity, right? Like, mm-hmm. if everything's expensive, the malt's going to be more expensive. And the yeast is going to be more expensive. And the hops going to be more expensive. And, yeah, and they're buying at smaller volumes. Um, and so, like, right. that's all going to affect, like, that raise each ingredient then raises the overall price of brewing the beer, which raises the overall price of selling the beer, right? Yep. And so... The component, like the well, the case for craft beer is getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and that's where like, yeah. Even you and I, who are very very passionate about it, we pay for things like, what just happens? Mm-hmm. Why did I have to pay this much? Like, no, we're talking about Burning Barrel. We're drinking one right now. When COVID hit, Burning Barrel is one of the regional breweries where they they had their um, 
beer tenders. I don't want to call them bartenders. There's got to be a word for it. We should probably ask next time we go to a beer brewery. Beer tenders. Beer tenders? Okay. Beer tenders is the word. A lot of the breweries alternated their beer tenders from pouring beer to like delivering orders online. Because in California, if it's within the state, I don't think it's too hard to get the license to distribute beer within California. So you can buy you know, four packs or you can buy crowlers mm-hmm. or whatever. And I think I tried to do that with a couple of breweries around here, so I wanted to support them. But when I went onto the Burning Barrel website and they wanted $32 for a crowler, I was like, it's a dollar an ounce? It's like, I don't know if I can swing that. You know? Or I'm, paying, I'm, I'm saying, like, if you buy, like, a cheap American, just a standard lager, for the most part, you're paying about a dollar a beer for 12 ounces. Mm-hmm. Sometimes 16 ounces. And, and some of these breweries want you to pay a dollar an ounce for their beer. Plus delivery, plus tip. I'm like, oh, yeah. man, I, I don't know. It's really hard to support like, like even like you said, we try to support local stuff. We try to go try to the, uh, the can releases and the new releases of stuff on draft, and you know we try to make the rounds. But it's just nowadays it's so expensive. Yeah, we were going into a brewery like once a month. Yeah, if not twice a month, and that's not inc- like and actually sitting down and drinking the beer. Yeah. If I mean that doesn't count though, like we were doing can releases and going and buying beer from a handful of breweries at least once a week. But do you think I, I wanted to bring beer uh, recently? It wasn't sixteen dollars a pint, which is what they were charging for some of the sours um, for the the delivery, the distro. So right, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know. I guess my point is we can talk about things being more expensive. But at a certain point, are some people going too far? Like as far as what the business is asking? Yeah. The markup, you mean? Yeah, the markup. Uh, Yeah, I think some businesses are going too far. And that's the other part of it is with any niche, we're testing the boundaries of what someone will pay. And you and I have kind of reached our limits where it's like, you know, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. And I have, you know, point four is a solution that I'm interested to kind of discuss with you. Yeah. I'm going to go back to my my previous rant that even now, Pabst Blue Ribbon is 83 cents a can. For a 12-pack? For one 12-ounce can, it's 83 cents. It, within a 12-pack, Within a 12-pack. Mm. And I think 18-packs, either 18-packs or 20-packs, I can't remember how they sell them, are like 15 bucks. Mm. You can for less than twenty dollars, you can buy a thirty pack of PBR. And it's PBR. But hey, add uh, orange juice and you got a brass monkey, so you're having a good time. Whatever, right? But like, how and you picked a good beer because I don't really want to drink that much PBR. But when you talk about the price point from a purely analytical standpoint, it's like, well, damn. You can use it to make breakfast sausage. You make it with uh, bacon. You can use it to, you know, make beer butt chicken. You can barbecue with it. You can drink it on a hot day. You can drink it on a cold day. Um, well, it just with barbecue. I don't. So I don't love your point. But <laughs> I don't love it either, Jordan. I would rather have all this crazy craft beer. No, shit but I think also, I think but, you've you've. I, my and what I'm hearing and it's not really what you're saying but what I'm hearing is what is the justification for craft beer no. and the reason we are souring on the craft beer scene is that at one point we had a justification for that answer 
And now it's elevated to a point where we no longer have an answer of like, because I've even found myself going like, dang, maybe I just need to start buying six packs of like Sierra Nevada. And yeah, they have a good summer ale. They have a good, their pale is really good. I just did the math even more because I'm a math guy. Seven cents an ounce for PBR versus a dollar an ounce for the what they burning were asking barrel sours. Yeah. Or even some places were asking 16, 18 bucks for a crowler like track seven. You know, that's still half, that's 50, 60 cents per ounce. I'd pay that though. I think yeah, it's that's much better. That is much better, but I wouldn't pay that all the time. I would probably rather spend. If I'm spending sixteen, eighteen dollars for two well, pints, fifty cents an ounce is eight dollars a pint. Yeah, but if I'm spending that much, I think I'm agreeing with you. I'd rather go with um, like a um, oh, what's it called? It's not Ballast Point. It's it's in San Francisco. Anchor uh, Fort Point Brewery that makes really good Kolsch. They make a really good IPA. Um, they're you know twelve dollars for a six pack. If I'm paying that much. I would rather probably buy two 12-packs of some beer that I like mm. for 20 22 bucks, versus one crowler of a good beer. Even It depends on the beer, because Track 7 has really, really good stuff here and there that I would definitely rather have two pints of or split a pint with you versus buying two 12-packs or two 6-packs. And that's where it gets tricky, and this not, is where you have to really know what yeah, you want. Not 12-packs, I mean 6-packs. Let's get that uh, clear. Because even Track 7 has some things where when they do some cam releases, mm-hmm. we go, oh, I'll spend the $24 for a four-pack. Uh-huh. I just will. Yeah. Or the um, it was like 17 or $16, $17 for the Crowlers of the um, Big Gulp Baja Blast. Oh, yeah. That I'll was fantastic. Sp- I'll spend yeah. those. Yeah. So I I'll got spend- two of them. Uh-huh. I'll spend that. And so there are purchases, and this is where, like, I don't want to say, like, we're done with craft beer, but... You and I have been spending collectively between the two of us probably at least a hundred dollars a month on beer, probably at least fifty dollars a piece on beer per month, up until recently where it's gotten to a point where it's like I can't even I can't justify these kind of purchases. That's so fifty to fifty to seventy five dollars a month for you and I was, let's go to Smart Mart twice a month, or let's go to Smart Mart and get like a couple four packs, and then we'll go to a can release in two weeks. That's what it used to be. Yeah, and now it's like hey. Let's pick one can release out of the entire month, and maybe we'll get two four packs. And we'll spend sixty bucks. Yep. Like holy shit. Well, and that's the thing is, not only have we started going out less, we've also started spending less. If it's yeah. the beer prices have gotten so absurd that we are spending less than we used to, uh-huh. and so it's sort of like the like the kind of aligned with the law of diminishing returns. Like I was like, let's just say for example, we used to buy. Four four packs per month at twenty five dollars, uh-huh. and now they're thirty dollars, right? And you'd think mathematically, like, okay, we're probably buying three. We're buying one to two. Like we're looking at well, that initial price and going, well, no, we're just gonna buy two and spend sixty dollars mm-hmm. a month, yeah, on beer because I just don't believe in what we're doing. The other part too, if it's more expensive for the brewery, that means that everything else is more expensive for us, and so I have less free money than I used to. And beer is more expensive. So That's yeah, we'll true. buy one to two four packs a month. Even though we could used to be, if you just adjust the, the price of beer, if you you paid a hundred dollars for four four packs, you can pay ninety dollars for three four packs. I'm probably still only buying two because my gas price is higher, my groceries are higher, my utilities are higher. Yeah, you know, I'm not even sure I'm buying a four pack a month. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. if I am buying a four pack a month, it's because like every other week I'll go to Smart Mart and spend twelve dollars on two cans. 
Mm-hmm. And I spent $25 on one four-pack per month. And that just, it's gotten to the point where I'm like, I, I just can't justify this anymore. You ready for me to, to bring it up again? So four-pack, right? So 20 bucks for a four-pack, right? Four pints. Um, that'll get you, in Sacramento, a pretty decent four-pack at any given can release, right? That's 20 true. bucks. You buy two. It's 40 bucks. You can get two 30-packs of PBR for the same price. You can buy 60 12-ounce cans for 40 bucks, And you have two beers a day every day for the whole month, guaranteed. And you're spending probably a slightly bit less. How crazy is that? It's kind of nuts. Right? Or if you spend 60 bucks, which you and I could do if we buy two four-packs of sours. We'd probably spend 50 bucks plus tax plus tip. 60 bucks. You can have 90 PBRs. <laughs> That's three a day. Every day. For a month. For the same price as buying two four-packs of sours. That's pretty right? insane. It's nuts. <laughs> if you want to go a little bit higher quality beer, I don't know if you can argue Budweiser's higher quality, but it's a little bit more expensive, slightly, by like maybe 10%. I think I personally, yeah. they're definitely comparable. I think I like Budweiser a little bit more, but... But you're still talking 40 to 50 beers for a month, the same price you buy two four packs of sours, you know? Well, so what if I told you you could have a pint... Yeah, 40 pints of IPA per month. 40 pints. Oh, so that's that's five, a little bit over five and a half gallons of PBR for 60 bucks. Okay, so what if I yeah. told you you could have five gallons of IPA for that much? Oh, I'm definitely on board. That's, I think that's part of why I help sponsor your... Uh... Oh, look, give me a little bit of yeast in the bottom. Look at that. That's from your burning barrel. That's not me. Yeah, that's you drinking it. Um, oh. It is. It smells like banana. It's banana leftovers. All right. So this last one is Betty Strudel, not Betty Cobbler. I'm which sorry, is Betty. Also, both by yeah, it's different Betty. Um, which is a kettle sour ale with apple, cinnamon, graham cracker, vanilla, and brown sugar. It's basically uh, <laughs> apple pie sour and a lot of floaties. There's a lot of sediment. It's like, um, hey, if you like boba tea, this is probably up your alley. Yeah. Cheers. Here we go. So, oh shit, my bad. Um, here's the towel. The podcast hand towel. Ooh, that's good. That's also been in my fridge for a while, but it's also it's it's still pretty good. Still very good. Um, and that's why, you know, as much as I've teased it, I've been mm. so interested in the homebrew game. Mm. Is that some people claim, and I haven't been able to brew this, so I can't measure this out yet. They can brew five gallons of hef for 50 bucks wow. or less. So um, some people can, like, I've seen, well, actually, that's a little bit high. Some people claim they can brew uh, five gallons of hef for 35 bucks. All right, number 16. Well, hold on. So there's 128 ounces mm-hmm. so, in a gallon. So that's it. 128 times five, so yep. that's five gallons. Let's divide by 12. So we have twelve or sixteen by twelve. Hold on. So it's the, because that'll give you the number twelve ounce beers because we haven't been dealing with PBR okay. and pints. Fifty three. Fifty three. Fifty three. Twelve ounce glasses uh-huh. divided by. Well, where do you want to take it? I'm well, sorry. How much of it? How much they cost? Um, let's say thirty five bucks. 
Hold on. 35 divided by 53.3333 forever. And about 65 cents a, a beer. Yeah. If you brew five gallon at 35 bucks, that's about 65 cents a beer. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. And that's why, you know, most people are going to listen to this and it's it's gone to a direction where most people don't care. They're just going to buy either domestic or Sierra Nevada mm-hmm. or just shut up and buy the craft price. But for us, that's why I've decided, like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to start brewing. Yeah. So I can start drinking the high level stuff. Instead of $8 a pint, it's 65 cents a pint. Yeah. It's a big difference. Four to six weeks of your time. Most of that's not even doing anything. Beer's chilling. Either it's aging or it's mostly, settling. I mean, it's mostly two to three weeks of my time. Yeah. And by of my time, it's temperature controlled. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying. How much work are you actually doing? It's about four to five hours on the brew day. Mm-hmm. And then it's a couple minutes every day just kind of looking at it and going, hey, is this where I want it to be? Hmm. And making some okay. adjustments. But that's like um, settling for, what, two weeks of fermentation? Week to two weeks? One to two. And then you, you're you talking about putting it in a... Uh, Probably, well, actually, two to four, depending on what you brew. Okay. So two weeks for an ale. Mm-hmm. And then once you keg it, it's probably another week from that. So about three weeks. That's what I was going to say. You're not going to bottle age it. So bottle aging is about a 14-day process, but you're going to keg it and put it in a keezer. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. Okay, so you're talking about about five hours on one day. Grain and then, glass in less than 25 days, about. Yeah, but your, your investment is five, six hours on one day. Mm-hmm. And then checking it every day for about two weeks. And then probably a whole day kegging it, right? Putting it from the cardboard to the keg. Oh, sorry. Which takes... 45 seconds. I just elbowed the microphone. I'm getting excited over here. It's fine. I'm getting hyped, man. So, but I'm saying like... It takes 45 like, seconds to just like turn a valve, watch it go down, and then close the keg and hook mm-hmm. the CO2 tank up to the keg. Yeah. So... Would that be... Could you just say 12 hours of investment? If that. Over yeah. a three-week period for 65 cents a pint half? Like maybe it's... Honestly, dude, like... Eight hours is pretty, pretty insane for what that would take. Yeah, it sounds like we might see a lot of homebrew popping up here. Well, there is a lot of homebrew popping up. I think we're just, that's the next step in our our personal beer journey of like, there's beer we want to taste and are probably why we're souring on the craft beer game is probably two reasons. One, it's not exactly the beer we're hoping to taste. Mm Mm-hmm. And two, when it is the beer we want to taste, it's at a price point where we're like, bro, what the what the hell? I don't want to yeah. do that. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm not down anymore. <clears throat> it's just not... I don't know. Maybe also because I'm burnt out on IPAs and everyone's still making a ton of IPAs. Mm-hmm. And just, I'm just not interested anymore like I used to be. I'm kind of toast. Like, I'm not paying $8 for an IPA anymore. Well, I, and so I, I kind of agree with you in the sense that, like, I went to Smart Mart, I got two cans. I got a Blood Orange Pale Ale, which was fantastic. It was a hazy pale ale. Oh, my gosh, it was so good. Hmm. I got a double hazy. There was so much sediment in the double hazy, I actually just dumped it down the drain. Wow. There's just so much sediment. I was like, this is this is just not even worth what I paid. 
I don't even want to drink this. Yeah. Just dumped it down the drain. Yeah. But back uh, a couple of years ago, you and I, I, I've had a couple beers like that. I would be kind of sad. Like, oh, I was looking forward to this beer. Now, I would be pretty upset if I got a beer like that. Yeah. I'm like, dude, really? Yeah, $8 you know? a can? Like, yeah. a can. Like, because I get it. The markup on a single can. Like, I want to fairly represent the information. Like, uh-huh. if it's $6 for a single can, what is a, or for a four-pack, what is a fair markup for a single can? And, like, that's where I get frustrated is, like, $8. Like, this isn't, like, we're talking $32 a four-pack. Please tell me what the difference in distro is because I'm pretty sure what it, it mostly was was they ordered two or three four-packs. They popped them off those little plastic things. It, it took them two seconds. Uh-huh. They dropped them in the cooler, and then they put the can rack stuff right next to the, the beer can so you can rack your own four-pack if you want. Uh-huh. But the markup, like the, you know, from $6 to $8 is a $2 difference. And so from the original price of $6 per can, it's a 33% markup. Like, what what are we actually talking about? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, no, that's like, I would prefer more of a 20% markup, which puts it at seven twenty a can for a single can. You know what I mean? Which then yeah. puts... As a four pack, which it sounds silly, but it puts a four pack after taxes at just over thirty, versus at eight dollars a can, it puts it at about thirty five after taxes. But you and I are getting four packs between sixteen and twenty bucks. If you buy the whole four pack, right? I'm even talking about like if it's twenty four dollars a four pack at the expensive range. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then we go and it's like mostly seven eight dollars of a can when we go to Smart Mart for singles. Yeah, of a beer that isn't that much in a four pack. Uh, yeah. Even if I spent a ton of money to brew a really killer double hazy, it's probably not running me more than a hundred bucks for a five gallon batch. You know what I mean? Which is fifty three dollars. There are 53 bottles for $100, mm-hmm. which means I'm still not even at $2 a bottle. Yeah. So even then, like, if I could brew a really great double hazy, which is at least $22, $24 a four-pack, which is just over five bottles, right? Let's call it, you know, call yeah. it, we'll just round it down and to kind of help. We'll call it $20 for five bottles. Uh-huh. Um... That's four dollars a bottle. It's still half off. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple. It's like, like, the question is: Is a couple hours of my time worth fifty percent off? If someone said, "Hey, I'm gonna charge you full price unless you put four to five hours in," mm-hmm. and you get half off. Like, well, fuck it. I'll just pay. You know, I'll put four or five hours in and put to pay ha- pay half. Yeah, go into track seven on a Saturday and help them huck green. <laughs> get half off their beer. You know what I mean? Like, holy but, shit. But half off of. 53 beers. Oh, not just a four-pack. Yeah. Half Definitely. off of 53 beers. Or I, at that, Oh, uh, we just discovered something really incredible, Jordan. Well, and no, not even just... Okay, Whoa. so then... to really put, so Or it's 40 pints, which is 10 four-packs of the craft beer spectrum. So uh-huh. to say, I will come in and help your brewery. This is what the homebrew thing is. I will come in and help your brewery for five or six hours. Uh-huh. Right, I'll up the hours a little bit for five or six hours and get half off of ten four packs. 
What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so remember when we were looking at like uh, different breweries and they had the the growler clubs for like three hundred bucks a year? Mm-hmm. This might be the new thing. This might be, hey, I'll come in, you know, every three months for a weekend, like a Saturday, and work eight hours, and I get half off growler fills all year. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this might be the way to go. This might be a new model that we've just figured out for the craft brew scene. See, I don't even know about that. I just know that <laughs> for me, oh, where wow. I'm at in my beer journeys, I, I remember I used to talk to home brewers and they would talk about how they don't even do the craft beer game anymore. I used to be like, you're crazy. Like the craft beer game is where it's at. And now I've gotten to a point where like, actually, maybe I was the crazy one. Like I'd just rather brew yeah. it myself. Like we know enough about beer to where... Uh, I've accepted I'm never going to brew like a pale ale that's better than Sierra Nevada mm-hmm. but I'm not trying to brew Sierra Nevada pale ale you know what I mean I'm just trying yeah. like if I ever want a pale close. ale I can get close to something mm-hmm. and brew a different pale ale for much cheaper yeah and just call that good and just that's my hobby as I the beer I drink is the beer I brew that's good enough well um we're done with the beers, right? Do we have to rank the cans and everything still? Oh, yeah. We still need to rank yeah. the cans. Actually, right. yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so, before you do that. <laughs> you saved me from telling a really embarrassing story. Also, uh, Domino's just sent me a message like, hey, it's Saturday. Are you, uh, you know, are you getting hungry Baby you there? up. Uh... Baby you up. All right. So, we have four cans. <laughs> with 21 Key Lime Goza. We have 22 Key Lime Goza. We have Betty Strudel. Sorry. I'll put them in the right order. We have Two Can Time by Burning Barrel and then Barry Strudel by Truck 7. Hold Betty on. Strudel. Hold on. Is this a collaboration? Mm-hmm. Three breweries. Two Can Time is a collaboration between Sandbox, uh, Creator Creature. Okay. I think you talked about that. I just want to make sure. I did. Okay. Jordan Dunn already said that. So... Here, I'll rank the cans first. I'll go first. I feel like I keep making you go first. I'm going to do this. And from the bottom, 2021 Key Lime Goza. I don't appreciate how tart it got. Is that number four or number one? Number four. Okay. Worst worst to best. 2021 Key Lime Goza. I don't appreciate how tart it got. Kind of ruined the Goza vibe for me at that point. I I wish it had more body and more flavor for how tart it got. I felt like it was unbalanced. Uh, 2022 yeah. Key Lime Goza was number three. Okay. Um, much better than 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, but still not as great as the other two. I put Betty Strudel as number two. I do think the uh, and then two can time is number one. At first, before I get into both of them, I think these two are much better than the Key Lime Goza. Yeah. Uh, Betty Strudel. I think it's a little hot for this day. And had we been drinking it in winter, I think Betty Strudel probably would have won. I got a lot of sediment in mine, too. I feel like I'm, I'm chewing on it a little bit. It's just taking away. Like, I'll take a sip, I'll swallow it, and I get a little um, bit of thing in the back of my throat left over. I don't um, know. Still good. Toucan time. I'm also, like, a huge fan of traditional half, which has a major banana characteristic to it. Mm-hmm. This was mostly, it's like a banana smoothie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but those are my four, uh, from bottom to top. Uh, so, go ahead and you can change however you want. So, so what, what Jordan just said, uh, 21 key lime, 22 key lime, uh, base riddle and, 
what is it called? Toucan time. The only change we made to the drinking order was switching uh, Betty Strudel and Toucan time. It's true. And you just swapped these two. So we almost drank them in the right order, right? Well, at least we Not drank quite. them from worst to best. Yeah. I still think we drank them in the right order. I still think Betty Strudel, I think, okay. should close it just because I think it's got this heavier kind of quality to it. I was going to say, I'm going to move the cans around. This okay. is my, I'm going to say 21 goes as my number four. Uh, the base strudels my number three. Mm. Twenty two goes at the newer one, the fresher one is my number two. Okay. That was really good, and I still think two can time was number one. Agreed. So I don't think we're too far off. Maybe we can even say like these two, depending on the weather. The sure the Betty strudel and the twenty two key lime goes. I don't the, know. Maybe they're tied. I don't know. It, it's I I don't hate it. I I don't even dis entirely, especially because you had mostly sediment in your glass. Yeah. Betty Strudel. Um, it's funny because I don't usually love the Betty Cobbler series from Track 7. Yeah. I, I yeah. did like this Betty Strudel. Um, you don't like the Betty Cobbler series? Much? Not as much. Oh. The, so my favorite cake of all time is pineapple upside down cake. And they sold me because Track 7 made a pineapple upside down Betty Cobbler. Oh, I never had that. It was amazing. Okay, cool. Cherry pineapple, cinnamon, and graham cracker. It was a delicious. You never had that mm. one. Oh, um, so good. Uh, but track seven sours are pretty fantastic. Um, pound for pound. I don't hate this. Uh, oh, excuse me. Um, Burning Barrel Sours, track seven sours, and Key Lime Goza specifically from New Glory are three of the best things you can have as yeah. far as the sour area. Again, honorable mention, Moraz Brewing. Um I think they also have yeah. some pretty fantastic sours. Um, yeah, so as much as we are souring on the craft beer scene, it's just not as fun as it used to be. And it's mostly because no. really just the American economy as a whole is so much more expensive. But that has shown up in a variety of areas, including beer. So um, I would say that the one thing that you and I both like about the craft beer scene is the variety. And it's harder now to go out and taste a wider variety of beers because of how expensive they are. Yep. So to me, that's that's kind of one of the what's kind of dampening that fire and putting it out is that it costs so much to have that variety. True. And so when you talked about going back to commercial beers or going back to mass-produced beers, um, going back to instead of buying single cans, going back to like a six-pack of Torpedo or a six-pack of um, uh, blood orange, uh, blood transfusion from mm-hmm. Track 7, something like that. Like that's kind of more what we're going to fall back on. Well, and so here's like an example. You said, you know, if you went and bought, you know, or you either said, I think you said six or seven 12-packs or six-packs rather. Mm-hmm. You know, and had a barbecue. Yeah. You have a way better time. And so, like, let's just name six, six upper echelon six packs that create some variety. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you went and got some Fat Tire and some Blue Moon and some Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Sierra Nevada Torpedo. Sierra Nevada. Well, okay. Or Stone IPA. Let's just create some diversity here. Stone IPA slash or Ballast Point. Okay. You know, like let's say, okay, um, let's just even go with uh, Ballast Point. Uh, belching, belching Beaver six pack of milk stout um, for twelve bucks. 
Right, that's a good one. And so, like, if you had Belching Beaver, mm-hmm. and you had Ballast Point Sculpin, and you had mm-hmm. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, you had Blue Moon, uh-huh. and you had, um, God, what was the other one I named? Uh, Brew for Your Diet, uh, Blood Orange, 21st Amendment. Okay, was great. good. And Six then, um, I forget the other one I just named. And you I'm buy, listen you back can even to buy it. a six-pack of um, either a Kolsch from, we talked about Fort Point for okay. 10 bucks, or buying a six-pack of uh, Kraft Pilsner. For or 10 you bucks. could, yeah, yeah. So there's so you know? many things where you could assemble a really great thing, like a really great okay. ice chest. Yes. And for a barbecue, mm-hmm. and spend less than you would on three or four or four packs of Track Seven. Or I'm even, I even made the point of going to a brewery for a couple hours with your friends, mm-hmm. or you may or may not even understand the beers you're trying, but you're paying a lot of money for them. Yeah. You know. And so. I think the the line between what you're getting from the craft brew scene versus more of the commercial scene is becoming blurrier. And I think like craft craft beer is going to have to make some adjustments soon, or because it's trending. It this is why we're souring on the scene. It's trending in the direction of not being worth it. Yeah. Because if I can brew nine or seventy to eighty percent of the beer for less than half the cost, why wouldn't I just do that? Yeah. If I can buy beer in the store for, you know, seventy percent of the cost, why wouldn't I do that? Yeah. Like, what what is the pushback against it? And the numbers are sort of arbitrary, but I think. My point is fairly representative. Craft beer has kind of gotten to a place where maybe you should brew it yourself. Mm-hmm. Minus a few. There's a few beers that we've seen come out. We're like, oh, shit, I'm going to go get that. Yeah. Or even like you made the point of uh, Sierra, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. That's just a solid beer. It's going to be really hard for you to homebrew something that's that good. And it's really not that pricey. It went up a dollar per six pack in the last couple months but it's still like ten dollars a six pack that's fine yep that's fine for barbecue or yep. just hanging out watching a football a game beer. yeah so but in any case not all hope is lost uh we are at least for me i'm hoping the economy comes down at some point because it does that yep and craft beer can kind of go back to more of a normal state but in any case, if it continues to climb, you will quickly see Chris and I mm-hmm. exit out of most of the craft beer world. Um, yeah, any closing thoughts you had? Yeah. Um, if you start getting a homebrew uh, pretty rapidly in the next few months, like if you have the equipment you're looking for and you find it and you start making stuff, we might have to revisit the zombie episode of how can you make beer with almost no availability of ingredients or almost no electricity. Mm. Like, how would you do it? And that was the whole point of the zombie episodes. Like, what could you get away with when things are really expensive or hard to come by uh, and there's zombies? We don't have zombies, but things are expensive and hard to come by. So what, what would you want to try to get away with if you, you know, had to scrounge for ingredients for beer? What would you mm. go for? What would you go for? Interesting. Right? I mean, if you give me long enough, you know, we could potentially run it back in next October when it's zombie themes. And oh, for Halloween. Yeah. But in any case, that's not you to think about. Uh, we also have an Oktoberfest episode that we're going to record soon. Mm-hmm. 
and a logger episode yes. that we're going to record soon. So still content coming out. Um, it's easier for us to produce some content now that we're both in the same state. And uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you guys will be hearing from us soon. And um, uh, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>